0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope Bible Study Podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor of Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? All right. Thank you, Steve.
1: We're in Lesson 11 in our series, Heroes in Whom We Can Believe, and we are talking about Barnabas. Who was the son of consolation? If you got a chance to listen to a little bit of lesson ten about Timothy, you learned that I referenced Barnabas uh, a few times. Uh, I may re-reference him again. Uh, Barnabas has a a unique position in what we're trying to learn because he was a man of consolation, and our focus thought. Man, doesn't our world need good men? <laughs> yeah. Good women, good people. Yes, good people by acts of kindness and devotion. That's what consolation means. Kindness. We, they, people that are good make the world a better place. Yeah. Absolutely. As Christians mm-hmm. we should be that's the that's the initial surface connection that we can make with people as representatives of the body of Christ in this world we need to be kind this is a very important sensitive sub- subject with me in that i truly believe that we la- we as the church christians lack the wherewithal to make that connection in other words doesn't we don't lack in the ability to do it we lack in the understanding that we need to
0: do it and be kind at all times. Yeah, and if you don't think that's true, then just look at how many people think that uh, Christians are judgmental. That's
1: where I'm going with it. A- absolutely. You you already understand where I'm going yeah, with this. Of
0: course, those are the ones that make it on TV, the ones who are protesting you know, silliness about this or that, that aren't doing it in a compassionate or loving way. They're just out there doing it for attention.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I can reference... Uh, somebody in particular, Al <laughs> <I'll sharp> it.
0: <laughs> the
1: Reverend. Oh, uh, yeah, I the right something. Reverend. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, there's a great need for believers today Absolutely. to understand this ministry of edification to others. We need, as fellow Christians, we need to endeavor to bring comfort, consolation, encouragement to others who are quite broken, hurting, and suffering because of life's problems. Life happens to everybody. There are so many people out there that are hurting who need somebody to be a simple sounding board, or in other words, somebody who will listen, someone who will care. And uh, as we have received this measure from God, his love and his kindness to us, his goodness, as it were, to us, we need to turn around and, again, be that person that will give it to others, we need to show people we care as the church because we need, pe- we need to be facilitators of Christ or the relationship. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a I don't, what do they call those, those people that put people together? Like a matchmaker? <laughs> a matchmaker. I want to be a matchmaker with those that are hurting to Christ. That's what Barnabas was. He was a son of consolation. You know, we find uh, Barnabas mentioned the first time in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 through 37. The church was birthed. The original correct church was born in Acts chapter 2. We know this. And they grew in number quite a bit, quite quickly. And what was needed or what transpired was that the Christians would begin to sell their belongings And they would turn around and bring it to a central source, which was this church, so that it can be equally dispersed among believers that didn't have it. So in other words, it took a measure of giving, not just giving, but I mean, giving from the heart, that understanding that they needed to help people that were hurting. Barnabas is identified as one of the first, if not the first, to do this when Barnabas did it people followed and he came from the land of Cyprus i mean it had it had a jewish population but by and large here was a guy that that probably didn't have a a uh, a first original connection to to what was happening in Jerusalem but we know that, that this new birth experience happened to him, and the Bible says, while he may have been a Levite and from Cyprus, the Bible says that he sold this land and he laid it at the apostles' feet to do whatever they wanted to do with that. Now, we read in the next chapter, Ananias and Sapphira and all that bit, how that they lied, and uh, they they paid the price. So... Not to draw attention to them as much as what Barnabas did should stand out even more when others didn't embrace it and they tried to duplicate it without a spiritual understanding or a purpose. Barnabas was doing everything right because he was doing it with purpose because of the Holy Ghost and because there was a need. Yeah. As Christians, we need to be people of consolation, sons and daughters, as it were, of consolation or, uh, quite simply, people of exhortation that exhort God by their giving. Uh, the next time we see Barnabas, he had uh, maybe, he, however he did it, he rose up into the ranks in that he was identified. He may not have been a leader, per se, or a position, but he was fully identified as a man that was a good man in Acts chapter 11, and he was full of the Holy Ghost, and he was part of bringing much people unto the Lord, Acts chapter 11, 23 through 34. He was, and he he used, I bet, and we believe this, that he was a man, a minister of exhortation and consolation. In other words, he brought people to God by being simply kind. So uh, Barnabas was somebody that quite clearly understood disenfranchised people, people that are hurting. And when the time of Saul slash Paul when he was converted, when he came to the church to show who he was and say, hey, I, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> uh, Guess what happened? <laughs> I I know you know me as the guy who's persecuting the church and et cetera, and I held the coat for for uh, when they stoned your buddy Stephen. Hey, I had my own religious experience as well. I was on the road to Damascus, and he told all that, and, and we read in Acts, that they weren't they weren't receiving that. In fact, they were like, "Yeah, well, that's that's great, but you can't stay here. Yeah. You know, you can't be with us. You can't be here in Jerusalem with us. We're not giving you a place." And I don't think that that's I don't think that was wrong. I don't think that that was bad. I think that was probably very human. Well, on, they had to be careful. They had to be I careful. Mean, life and death right. is literally on the line. Absolutely, but there was one man that stood up for Saul who became Paul and said, hey, everybody, and again, I paraphrase everything because I like to put it in my own vernacular. (laughs) He said, hey, everybody, I know that this old boy, he's the one that really led the charge. But I want you to know I heard him preach. After he was converted, he went and preached in the synagogues, and they received it. Because this is not just a, a dude. He's learned, he's educated, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. And, and I just want... He was anointed, right? He was anointed. Yeah. And we know, of course, God had set him aside to do a work, because you know, our God sits at the beginning, at the end, all at the same time. And so Barnabas said, hey, listen, I'm standing. In other words, he was the, the OG, and he was giving his, his stamp of approval on him and saying, I believe in him, and I'm going to stand with him. And in fact, you can read a little bit later, that they saw that Barnabas and Saul Saul SAW saw Saul SAUL and Barnabas, and their their camaraderie, as it were, that they led eventually they anointed them, and they sent them out in their initial first missionary journey, and it was Saul and Barnabas that went in that first missionary journey and and start the churches because they were disenfranchised with the home church, as it were. (laughs) And so Saul and Barnabas said, well, hey, listen, here here Barnabas understood he was investing in Barnabas because he was an older man. He believed in him. He poured into him, probably discipled him quite a bit is what we call it now. He discipled him. In in that he became Paul, he changed his name, he changed his persona, and then we read later that Barnabas actually took the the uh, the, the secondary route. In other words, I guess what I'm trying to say, he allowed Paul to be the lead dog, and he and they together made a huge impact. Barnabas was somebody that he believed in young converts, he believed in young ministry. Uh, Paul was exactly who he thought he was. He had some things that he had to temper with him. He had to hone and kind of help him get rid of. Now, again, I've mentioned in the past podcast that Saul brooked no fools. He was yeah. not a guy, kind of a hothead. To pl- n- no kind of, but yes, he was a hothead. I, I unfortunately I identify with yeah, Paul. I, I, can't, I really I can't do. too, Yeah. And there was a man. His name was John Mark that went with Saul. Paul, I should call him now. Paul, Paul and Barnabas in this uh, instance, and when they came in front of a, um, I think it was bar Jesus. Uh, I think it was Acts chapter. I want to say twelve to fourteen thereabouts. And there was a there was a uh, spiritual happening that happened enough to where Mark got so afraid or whatever he went home, just left he left. John Mark was the guy who was basically, he was the one that was carrying the luggage, as it were. He was learning from these a little bit more educated men, and he went home. And uh, Paul didn't like that. And so when they returned from that, they were going to redo this again. Hey, it worked, Barnabas, let's go back and let's do it again. However, when Paul was referencing somebody, he, he liked Timothy. Uh Barnabas was saying, Well, that's that's great. We can go back in through it. Let's uh let's ask Mark again if he wants to go ahead and, and go back with us. Paul Paul did not like that. Paul, in fact, was so upset with that that there was they had an argument. They had a tiff, as it were. And the Bible illustrates that Paul took someone else on his second missionary journey. And he took Silas, and Barnabas took Mark. And they separated these two men and left. And it doesn't, now be clear Barnabas was human too, but Barnabas, even though John Mark left him, it's almost as if this son of consolation saw this young man who probably went home in bitterness and probably after the fact kicked himself and said, man, I should have won I should have stayed. should have yeah. stayed. I got afraid. And so now he's got regret. and Broken. Mm-hmm. Hurting. And, what, and yeah. what was the son of consolation trying to do? Oh, yeah. He's trying to be kind. Yeah. He says, I believe in you. And he invested in him enough to where he could freely let... Paul do his thing. Now we know that they came back together and and uh, all of that and in fact at the end of Paul's life when he said I've I've made my mark and he talked about how the, and he knew he was in a Roman jail and he knew his his martyrdom was soon to come to pass. He referenced he referenced the capturing or the recapturing of John Mark's ministry, and he even said, hey, he told Timothy while Timothy was waiting on him, he said, tell him to bring John Mark. At the end of Paul's life, he, ref- he referenced, bring John Mark, even though he was upset at him for quitting. He saw that, which Barnabas, as he poured into him in that second journey, he did actually become who he was meant to be, mm-hmm. and he became the man of God. And and Paul referenced that at the end of his life. I know, and I just, I'm so moved by that, that even Paul saw Mark and said, I believe in him. Tell him to come and see me. That's as if he wants to say, I want to tell him I really messed up. Yeah, hey, good job. Now, we never at this point, never read about Barnabas at that point. So most likely he may have passed from this life by that time. But his impact lived on. I can think of when I was a child. When I was in church, I don't remember not one sermon my pastor preached. I loved him. I knew his investment. But I don't remember that. But I do remember the kindness of two in particular Sunday school teachers that I had, Pauline Lucas and Gene Means. Both of them now have passed. But they made more of an impact because of their kindness kindness and their love for me sure. than ever any sermon. To our listeners out there, you need to understand that you may not be a pastor or a minister, and I, I'm air-quoting this right now, but you can be a, a person of consolation. You can be a person of kindness. And I fully believe that I am who I am right now, not because of anything that's found in this old boy. But it started with those two godly women that was kind, that loved me. A Sunday school kid had no pedigree that was a bus kid, and they loved me. Never, never denigrate our impact, your impact, listener, on on the ministry of consolation or kindness to people. I can't tell you how many times that that I am moved by more people. People are moved more by kindness than your message. People don't want to know how much you care until how much you show you care.
0: You can say it all day long. I'm a Christian,
1: Christ-like, but until you do
0: it, it never really hits home. And that goes all the way back to Jesus. You know, I, I can't quote the chapter and verse, but the Pharisees were trying to trip him up, and they're like, hey, which one of the commandments is the most important? You know, and Jesus in his uh, wonderful delivery said, man, you got to love God, and then you got to love people. Yes. And that's it. Yes. So and the takeaway there is you don't, you don't have to remember yes. all of it. You don't have to know everything. If you will just love God and love people, because, man, that person on the street is, maybe they're unlovable. It's hard to love the unlovable. Right. I know. We all know. Right. But Jesus loves them, and that makes it something that I should focus on.
1: That's exactly right. That's excellent. Great stuff. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it, it is really something to see people respond to kindness. Um, I have several different instances, but I know our time is uh, a little tight. Uh, I don't want to go into any of those, really. Uh, maybe at another time. But uh, I watch Christians. Um, I'm kind of nosy that way. In fact, I watch people <laughs> that, that may not be apostolic, uh, but they, they're Christian. And some of them uh, are very kind to people that wait on them in the service industry, somebody like a waiter or a waitress. I fully believe that people that are and I air quote again those that are un, beneath us with regards to that particular positioning. In other words, when somebody's serving us, you know, we take a position that we are higher than they because I'm paying you to serve me. Sure. And and again, I understand all that. But I watch as Christians how they treat those kinds of people. I watch people and i and i have to i wouldn't say i'm judgmental but i measure them and i measure myself to them because i look at people and say those are people i don't want to be like yeah and i feel like i gotta take it for what it is i feel like i've got to 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 equal the scales back of how goofy and ugly they were and how kind that and uh you know how much tip I need to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, I th- kindness goes a long way for people. People are who they are when no one else are looking. Yep, characters who you are in the dark. That's, ex- oh, yeah, very good. Yep. And so, kindness, Barnabas, was someone that just defined who he was. Yep. So, kindness, Steve, is not something that we do. We need to work on making kindness to be who we are. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, that I think needs to be a a, a tentpole in our spiritual religious experience. It has to be kind. You need to be kind. You need to be kind to that person who knocks on the door trying to sell you a new roof <laughs> or or a new alarm system. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, And I'm being facetious there, but... But we're always bothered by somebody, but really we're also defined by our kindness. Um kindness is not weakness, by the way. Um I, I want to love people. You referenced that great point. Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Jesus said, Well, I tell you, you need to you need to Love your neighbor as thyself and to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and strength. And everything else hangs on it. So don't get it twisted, fellas. It starts with these two things love God,
0: as you said, love people. We have to love people. Yeah, and just as a practical thing, something I've told my kids is start your conversations with people with a smile. Oh, yeah. It is hard. To not be nice to someone when they're smiling at you. That's (laughs) true. That's true. And, you know, since we're, we could be, uh, we could be dealing with angels unaware you might not want to be so snide to the gal filling your coffee cup that's exactly right cuz it's
1: going on your eternal tally yeah
0: you want that in the book <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly i'm a i
1: i fashion myself as a comedian i'm not very funny but i think i'm the funniest man alive yeah i love to see people smile Absolutely. and i love to be the 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 reason for it whether i do something stupid and it's not too embarrassing Or just to tell them a joke or say something funny and and all that. Sometimes I fall flat on my face, but I digress. The point is, is that I really like to see people smile. Do we know that we make people smile? Do you know, and it's true, that if somebody said something negative to us, don't we, aren't we influenced all day by that? We could have 10 compliments on, on our shirt, and then there's one that says, that's really, not, oh,
0: that's, that's not one. your color. That's so good. You know, I just saw something on social media, for us awful as it is, and it was something that said uh, about having a bad day. Yeah. And it said, did you really have a bad day, or did you have a bad five minutes that you obsessed about all day? Right. So that is, that is huge. Right. Now
1: imagine on the flip side how that we can let somebody know that Jesus loves them. And you don't start with that because in some people in this culture, they'd say, oh, oh, you're one of those people. Yeah. But you know what? A smile. You said it. Start with that. How you doing today?
0: I tell you, a genuine, genuine compassion will disarm people. They yes, will, will not know how. It will change the entire tenor and demeanor of, yes. of whatever you're dealing with.
1: That's true. And and the, the knee jerk now in, in our culture is, what are, what are they after? Yeah, you're bracing for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but they see <laughs> right when they see a consistency though, mm-hmm. Steve. That's when they begin to actually let you into their heart's neighborhood. People will seek
0: you out. Yes.
1: And that's what Barnabas did. He was man. a He was a man of consolation and these are the kinds of things really that aren't just something that we we fly by add on. Uh, you know, like, oh, these are nice wheels. We're going to add some nice uh, uh, rims with it. This is not that kind of thing. This is really the engine. This is the gas you put in the engine. This is a big part of our Christian experience. This
0: is what you want to run on.
1: That's exactly right. And so we need to, as Christians, and I, and I'm closing here, but we need to make sure that we make that investment of kindness and consolation like Barnabas because we don't know what our eternal effect is because of Barnabas there was a Paul imagine if Barnabas never stood up for Saul at that moment what Saul would have said okay he would have probably stayed saved but maybe he would have had a lesser role in the world could be could have could have been we don't know but i do believe because of Barnabas and his grounding and his investment in discipling him Saul became Paul. He could have just stayed Saul. He could have went into obscurity because he was trying to run from his path. Who, who who knows? They could
0: have made him backslide. He could have gone back to being persecuting Saul. That's exactly right. Man, I don't ever want to be the reason somebody's not coming to church or running from their Lord. That's
1: exactly right. And
0: And Saul, who became
1: Paul, had an eternal impact on the world at that don't time. Imagine that. One impacted, in and that, in that, I don't know what the number is, the ancient world at that time, I bet you at least a million people. Yep. So one impacted that much. Imagine what you can do on your daily basis yep. to many people by just being kind, and it opens the door. One thing, I can't tell you how many times that i I try to be kind, and the people that I eat with when I go to lunch or breakfast or wherever with people, my wife sees it way too much that they'll find out they'll seek pastor on me, you know what I mean not mm-hmm. not by sign, but they just can feel it, and then they'll begin to say, "Are you a pastor?" Yes, and then I can't tell you how many times I promise you it's uncountable how people begin to just tell a little bit about their life a little bit.
0: And you know what? That's what you're called to do, yep. kindness. Yep. And if you want to see your, uh, a practical example of what you can do, next time you walk into the neighborhood and you're going by that retention pond, pick up a pebble, throw it out there, and watch those ripples. Excellent. That's exactly right. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. That was fun to do, so I hope you guys get something out of that. But I pray this was a blessing for you and that you'll join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please follow us on our various platforms so you won't miss an episode of this exciting series. We thank you for your time and we thank you for listening.